Welcome to Whiskey Wednesdays, a podcast session with Manny Carrera, your real estate resourcer. Here we sit with entrepreneurs, influencers, movers and shakers of El Paso, Texas, showcasing their experiences and successes along with a unique glass of whiskey every episode. Enjoy. What is up, y'all? Manny Carrera, your real estate resource, and this is episode number 32 of Whiskey Wednesday Podcast Sessions, where we sit with entrepreneurs, influencers, movers, and shakers over a glass of some fine whiskey. Today, my friends, we are going to be sitting with the youngest entrepreneur to be interviewed on our show. This gentleman is a marketing guru. He runs ads for a lot of different businesses and has seen a lot of success over this period of time that he's been doing it. I want to introduce you guys to Biz with Yazir. Yazir, what is up, brother? Dude, what's up? Bro? Cheers, man. Cheers. I know you are drinking some uh, water right now, right? Yeah. You're going to tell us a little bit about this water that you're drinking? Yeah, so this is actually a local water company here in El Paso that I built their e-commerce website. And their water is like 100% natural, super nice. good. You should check it out. Boy Springs, right? That's the name. Mm-hmm. So, Yazir is not going to be drinking alcohol today. As I mentioned, he is our youngest guest on the show. Therefore, he's underage, so I'm going to be smelling some whiskey while I drink it. <laughs> but um, for this episode, I'm going to be drinking one of my favorites. Uh, I feel like this brand and this company you could definitely go to for any occasion. Uh, Glenn Levitt 12 is one of my favorites. My personal favorite is Glenn Levitt 18, but you could drink 12 on any day. And why not today? recording episode number 32 with our youngest guest. So really excited to have you on, man. Um, you and I have been you know, following each other for quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but we've been talking about this episode for, for some time as yeah. well, right? We've been wanting to make it happen. So glad that we finally did. So why don't we go ahead and start by you telling our viewers on um, you know, YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify who you are, what you do, and where you're from. Okay, so you know how most businesses fail within their first two years of business. What I do is I help prevent that by running very strategic Facebook and Instagram advertisements using premium quality content. And I'm from Douglas, Arizona, but I've lived in El Paso for like the past eight years. Nice. Yeah. So Yazir, you are 18, right? Yes. You're young, bro. What got you into this industry or this space of Facebook and social media advertisement? So I, I originally started off, I was just uh, drop shipping like products. I was literally drop shipping Drake stuff. Uh, Drake, <laughs> Drake ended up um, sending me uh, basically like a notice saying, hey dude, if you don't shut down your store, we're going to sue you. But I was like pretty bummed out. So Wait, so you almost got sued by Drake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so That's... what ended up happening after that is... I had networked with this guy in California named Chris and he had a very successful agency where he was essentially helping influencers who had courses sell their courses using Facebook and Instagram ads. Okay. So I moved out there with him and then that's how I kind of got into it. So this guy Chris was already running some sort of agency or marketing agency. Cool. And so I mean what interested you so much about this though? Probably just the way that you could like. Man, this is a really good question. Let me think about this for a second. Yeah, because I see that you, I mean, obviously you saw what Chris was doing. So right. what what that he was doing interested you so much that you wanted to kind of take that on? Because you hear a lot of people, I mean, you're 18. How old were you when you kind of, when you took on um, Facebook advertising? I was like 16 and 11 months when I started doing Facebook advertising. Yeah. See, so at 16, I could tell you when I was 16, I was not concerned with anything business related. Right. You know, so for you to be young, what really kind of pushed you to that that direction? Um, well, I knew I wanted to be quote unquote wealthy because of, you know, the way I grew up, it was very, I guess, tight, you could say. Okay. So I want to, I want to make sure, you know, I could have some abundance to you know provide towards my kids right and things like that in the future so i knew i wanted to be in something that would generate great wealth but i wasn't too sure what so that's how i got into like the whole e-commerce yeah. and the agency stuff but um 
So you kind of just saw the opportunity or future yeah. in it, right? Yeah. So what, explain to, you know, some of these people that don't really understand what e-commerce is or what drop shipping is. What, what is that and how does that work? So essentially you set up an online store and then you find a distributor in China who's selling, let's just say a glass like this at 50 cents. You sell it on your website at $2 and you pocket those, that $1.50 that you sell it at. So you're flipping. Getting something and selling it for a bit more to make a profit. Wow. Sounds like what America was built on, huh? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's cool, man. So you've been, so that's what kind of got you into, you saw the future in it. Uh, talk to me about that, that partnership or that mentor that you had out there. Uh, Chris, what were some of the things that he taught you and what are some of those things that kind of stuck with you even to today? Definitely build relationships. Make sure that you're very good at building a relationship with someone. Um, it wasn't just Chris either. I also had Blake who was there. And just, just for a little more context, Chris was mainly focused on sales relationship. And Blake was focused on fulfillment and actually getting the results in. Okay. So I was learning more from Blake than I was Chris. But I definitely did learn you know, some sales tactics from Chris. That's awesome. So... You know, you're running ads on Facebook for, for businesses, you're helping them grow. What types of businesses are you guys helping? What, what types of businesses are, are looking for your help? So right now, the main ones that we're really bringing some killer results for is restaurants. We also help chiropractors, dentists, personal trainers, realtors, and I know I'm missing something. Oh yeah, courses. I, I, you know, I got started off in courses, so I mean, Definitely so courses, courses, what do you mean as far as courses? Okay, so let's just say you release a course, right? A training uh, course. A, yeah, a okay. course, say you price it at $200, how to uh, list houses and sell houses amazingly, and how the people could duplicate your results in, let's just say, Kansas. So what I would do is I would strategically run Facebook ads to help you sell that course. Which is not a bad idea. You should do you should that. That's really crazy too, because we're talking about um, a book, right? We're going to be coming up with a book, um, basically for buyers, home buyers, mm -hmm. and that's that's really interesting because that's essentially what we want to do is be yeah. able to offer it to people not just in El Paso. And I think that's a cool thing about you know social media and where we're at right now is that you could really advertise to people that are thousands of miles away without even having to board a plane or hop on a car. Yeah, dude, it's super awesome. Yeah. So, what kinds of successes or stories, success stories have you had with some of these businesses that you've been running? So, uh, definitely the most iconic one I could think of, think of on the top of my head, when I was in California, I was running ads for this influencer named Ricky Gutierrez. Um, obviously, Chris and Blake, you know, were the main ones running ads, but I got to run some of the ads, and those ads were getting a twenty x ROAS. So, what that means is for every dollar that we put into advertising, we literally threw 20 out. And like, I mean, think about that like a money machine, bro. Okay. If you if you throw $100 right. in and you get $2,000 out, isn't that like- Yeah, I would love this shit. machine. This would be yeah, dude. my daily stuff. Yeah. So this essentially is what you guys were doing with these ads and these ads were basically converting into cash. Right. For these people. Exactly. That's insane. So what does an average ad cost or how does that work? So you get to decide how much you invest into the ad. Although if you want to get some really good results and really test everything out properly, you definitely want to aim for a minimum of a thousand ad spend. Okay. Um, so talking about ad spend and things like that kind of makes me think a little bit back, you know, in the past, right. what advertising must have been like, what marketing must have been like. Me, for example, in real estate, I could tell you that I've come into a space where it's a, it's a space that is very traditional. Mm -hmm. You know, the marketing has been very traditional for the last 15, 20 years. Right. And the marketing hasn't changed. So the realtors that have been in the business 10 plus years are stuck on this tra traditional way of marketing and advertising. So stepping into it, you know, I felt there's so much opportunity for myself because one, no one's focusing on social media. No one's right. focusing on those things. But looking back, it kind of, amazes me to see how times really have changed. So if you were to compare 2019 marketing to 1999 marketing, which is 
a year before this guy was even born. So let me put 2000, 2000 marketing. Okay. Okay. In the last 19 years, where has marketing come? So we're definitely going from not being able to choose who sees your ad to being able to choose exactly who sees your ad. Back in the day, well actually still today even because of the TV ads, because of the billboards, they take a shotgun approach. I, I do the exact opposite. I take a sniper approach. I target the person's Sorry. age, their education, where they live, what they're into, their right. interests, what kind of food they eat. I'm, I'm able to go down to even what percentage of income they're in, in their zip code. I could just have my ads running to, let's just say the top 1% of 79936. So back then it used to be, hey dude, we're gonna show this to everyone and let's pray to God that, you know, for our steak ad, there's not a bunch of vegans on the street. <laughs> Right. <laughs> this is in a vegan friendly neighborhood. Yeah. And I think too, it's untrackable. Like how can you track or, or trace the ROI from a ad? I think a public ad, right? It's not like people go into stores and say, I saw that ad over there by Geronimo and you know, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so that's really cool that you say that because when you're running Facebook ads, you're able to see how many people saw the ad. What was the total amount of times that the ad was seen? even how many seconds they watched your video for. If you have a TV ad running, you can't actually tell how many seconds, you know, even one person saw your TV ad yeah. for. So it's, it's a totally different ballpark. That's insane. It's, and, it's really crazy to see how, how far it's gone. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, what do you feel, where do you feel like it's going? Dude, definitely into chatbots. So that's something that I want to say I was probably one of the very few, first few people to do it in El Paso. I do know there was someone else before me, but I'm pretty sure I was like number two. Which you were is, the youngest. Right, I, I was for <laughs> sure the youngest. So uh, what it essentially is, is you click on a link for an ad and then it'll open your messenger. And for example, for realtors, it'll say you're interested in buying or selling. And then it'll say buying. And then you click on the button buying and it'll tell you like, okay, what's your credit score between? And it feels like someone's talking to you but in reality, it's a bot hmm. built into chat, uh, Facebook Messenger. Wow. Yeah. And are these effective? Oh, dude, super. We, we've gotten some massive results uh, running them. So, for example, uh, this last Black Friday, we ran an, uh, a broadcast, which is kind of like sending emails out to your list. On chatbots, you get to send it out to the people who have entered into your chatbot. And we did that for Marisco Scuriacan. And that was one of their highest days in revenue. We literally said, hey, here's this Black Friday, Black Friday promo. Uh, you come in, you buy a beer. No, it wasn't that. You come in, you come in and you buy any plate and you get either a free tostada or a free beer. Hmm. And it worked really good because we had, I want to say 1,400 people on that list. And it was trackable because people, not only were you able to see the results on who's seen it, but they were going and yeah, and showing it the to, the, to the business of that's insane. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because it sounds like, you know, chatbots are, are definitely a thing that's happening right now. And I feel like maybe, I mean, wouldn't those, those chatbots be something that is kind of predictable or very obvious to somebody that, that they're not talking to a human? Because I have been a victim of chatbots, I think. <laughs> and I think I could tell when I'm not talking to somebody, you know, because it's the context comes back and it's, they're answering my question, but in a weird way that it's like, you know, I'm like, did they re read my question? So it depends on how good the person is at writing it. Like okay, for so I'm creating it. If I'm running an, a chatbot, am I creating yes. it? Yes. Okay. So you, you manually like write everything. So for example, my mentor, Blake, he would always tell me like, think about how a human would write this to a person. Don't think about how an advertiser would write it. Think about like, how a normal person, because people will be able to tell them they're going to be kind of turned off. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to detect if it's a uh, male, female? So you could say, hey, bro, or hey. Yes, there yeah. is. That's yeah. awesome, because that's how I talk. <laughs> if I were to do a chat box, I would have to, it would have to talk like me. Yeah, one thing that I personally like to do is just put hey and then first name, and it'll go into it. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty. Pretty cool. Now, are there any ads that don't work? Have you had ads that you learned from something? You're like, holy shit, I'll never do that again. This just did not work. Dude, I, a lot of people do these kind of ads and I think they're stupid. Carousel ads. So that? basically it's like those ads where it's like, 
it's like multiple pictures and then it has like a little button on the bottom and you could kind of like see all these like little pictures on Facebook. It's like... Hmm. I don't think I've seen one of those. Dude. Have you? I hate them. Really? <laughs> yeah, they're called carousel ads. Carousel ads. So those don't work at all. Um, dude, well, here's the thing. Your ads could do really good if you have really good content and mm -hmm. really good targeting. Right. So one thing that you know a lot of people in El Paso focus on is just getting the content. Right. But they don't realize that you need to have really good targeting so the people seeing this content are going to convert. Because it makes no sense, right? We were just chatting right before we started. It makes no sense for you to have that good content, which I feel like we're doing and we've chatted too. Yeah. Um, this is definitely something that I've been wanting to do because when it comes down to ads, I really feel like we understand it. Right. And I really feel like you just mentioned the content. If, you're, if you have the good content, it just takes the right people seeing your content, mm -hmm. right? And I think if you're not focused on the demographic that you need to and just kind of letting Anyone Instagram should. or Facebook do their yeah. organic thing, it's going to get into the eyes of the wrong people. Right. You know? And some of those people, it's just kind of pointless. So like you mentioned, I think that is one of the biggest changes from 2019 to 2000 is now it's not that shotgun approach. It's more of a sniper approach and you mm -hmm. can choose who's getting to see your, your, exactly. your product. That's freaking insane. That's crazy. What are, what are some of your favorite things about what you do? Probably something I really liked is like the reaction from the business owners. Yeah. Um, people just being like, oh my God, you know, I didn't know so many people were going to enter into the giveaway and come in the next day. Uh, I had a client, actually I met with him, not this last Saturday, but the Saturday before. He's like, dude, you know what? We almost had no sales coming into our bar and you literally just like increased it by so much within the month. And I was like telling him, well, yeah, dude, it's because of the strategy that mm -hmm. we used. Uh, the, the strategy essentially was this. We run a video of a food product for a whole month to people who liked that food type. So for example, it was wings, right? And what we did is we ran ads to people who liked uh, Wingstop, wing. yeah. Pizza Hut, all these competitions. And then anyone who watched 50% of that ad, we sent them to a giveaway. And then a bunch of people converted into the giveaway and get this. The giveaway told them, hey, come in with the next 24 hours, you get two free tacos on us. Bunch of people came in instantly after that video was done and the owner was like bamboozled. <laughs> really? Yeah. Where they're like, we don't have enough tacos. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. That's awesome. And then eventually those people didn't just buy the tacos, right? They right. bought the sides or they bought, they bought the, the drink drinks. And the, exactly. That's awesome. So these ads really do work and they're really converting that ROI, right? And right. I think that's a, the crazy thing is that people do spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on, you know, what are, you, what are your, some of your thoughts on TV and commercial? It, it depends on who you're going after, mm -hmm. but man, I just, I sit back and I see someone running those ads, paying 10 grand for it, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> you're like, like, dude. I could have taken you <laughs> to like, the moon. No, I'm not even kidding you. Like, it's insane. Like, I'm, do you notice how speechless I am? <laughs> like, even just thinking about it, I'm just like, dude, like, if you were selling... Was, if you ran that Victoria's Secret ad, just targeting girls who liked different brands that sell thongs, you would have gotten so many more sales. Yeah. Or like anything into that context where, you know, right. if you would have ran that ad for, you know, this piece of alcohol here, and you would have ran it to different whiskey companies, you would have gotten so much more sales. Right. Instead of just, you know, targeting everyone with the TV ad. And then Hoping you, the right audience was right. watching. And I think that just goes back to what you said. I mean, TV commercial, um, even bus ads, you know, things like that. I Magazines too, it's really kind of that shotgun approach. I think you put it so perfectly. That's gonna be a snippet by the way. So, so. <laughs> um, But I think you did put it so perfect is that, you know, that shotgun approach, you're really just hoping right. and praying for results. Um, so that ad space is really crazy. It's really interesting to me, yeah. especially to see how young of an individual you are with the mindset that you have, you know? Well, thank of, you. of approaching that. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Me and me and Antonio were, were chatting it up with Yazir and we're like, bro, you're so young and that's yeah. fucking insane yeah, dude. to see that you have that mentality. Who, who kind of influenced that mentality on you? Was it your parents? It was 
We'll pour up a second glass. It was this is for easier. Like, like low key, it was like seeing the way my mom responded to like financial stuff, like seeing her not be, being able to live the way she should be living, right. or the way that I want her to live. Mm -hmm. My dad, because my dad's honestly much more financially better than her, thank God. Right. I'm very grateful for that, but like, that's what kind of like made me be like, oh shit, I want to be rich. Like initially I was like, dude, I want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And then from wanting to be a lawyer, I was like, I want to be a psychologist. And then my buddy Ivan, oh, you met Ivan at a yeah, yeah. event, right? Yeah. Ivan was like, dude, um, you shouldn't be a psychologist if you want to actually like be quote unquote, like really like financially well. And I was like, what, what, what should yeah. I be? And then he was like, dude, go to the Forbes list, look at the top 10 people and tell me what they are. And I was like, what the hell? So I go to like the Forbes list and I'm like reading what these people are. Bill Gates, CEO, Microsoft. Jeff Bezos, Amazon CEO, and I'm like, okay, and then I realized, you know, they were all like entrepreneurs, and I was like, in the web wait. space too. Yeah, and then I was like, wait a second. So you're telling me doctors and lawyers don't make the most money? Like I was like, what? And it and turned out it was like business owners. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I could be a business owner then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. And to to that point too is like all these entrepreneurs, a lot of them didn't have the background of that entrepreneurial, that entrepreneurial background. You know, a lot of them started from scratch or started with nothing. And just like you, you kind of got motivated by what you didn't have right. as to what you did have, you know? And I think that's kind of what also motivates me to see is, you know, my parents growing up, they worked their ass off to mm -hmm. give us everything that we could. And we lived a, a great, humble little life, you know? And yeah. it wasn't, the best we weren't wealthy but we're we're very okay and happy Absolutely. and i think to see that though and to see you know times that how they have changed and what we were chatting about earlier too is you know you at 16 were already feeling kind of like catching up you felt like yeah. you had to catch up yeah and that didn't happen to me until i was probably 24 you know i felt like oh shit i just snapped out of the little routine that i was in and i really wanted to strive for more but i think it really comes down to you being in a situation where either you're inspired or you grow up by that entrepreneurial background and have those people that have instilled it in you or it's opposite, you know, and you grow up without it and mm -hmm. it's kind of something that you get interested in as you grow up. Absolutely. Um, so how was growing up for you? What was that like? You know, obviously you talked a little bit about your, your mom and, you know, being in a situation where you guys didn't have the most you right. know um but what was that like for you growing up what was you know growing up in high school like for you and this is going to be a really cool story. oh my god um growing up in general it was good you know my, my parents you know they tried their best my parents uh they got divorced when i was really young mm -hmm. so i would like go with my dad during the summer and then i'd spend the school year with my mom and then when i was like 11 i was like mom i want to live with my dad and my mom was like no, you don't. And I was like, I was like yeah, I do. And then uh, um, I moved to El Paso with my dad. And yeah, I mean, that's what really growing up was for me. Yeah. It was pretty nice. So what was high school like for you? High school? Oh. Uh, <laughs> dude. I hated it. Really? Yeah. Why? What, what did you hate? I don't know. Like, once I got into, like, the whole... Once I really started like taking in all this like entrepreneurship stuff, I was like, dude, like as Drake says, like, dude, turning papers doesn't get you paid. <laughs> and I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> oh and my god! I remember uh, I was trying to launch this app. It was my freshman year. Okay. And um, this app was going to be called Instant Mates. It, like, so before I actually got into marketing, I had like all these little like mini ventures before I ever made a dollar. Like I probably had like. 10 mini ventures before I even made one dollar. Really? Yeah. Shit. So this was one of my many like mini ventures that it was an app. my friends would like roast me about. Like okay. they would like, like some people like I couldn't tell if they were my friends or not. Because <laughs> right. they would like walk up to me and be like, Yazir, how's the app going bro? And I'd be like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like are they my friends or not? Yeah, and, like, are they being sarcastic? I was, like, I, like I was so confused and um, so that that's what high school was for me. Just like. A whole lot of, I couldn't distinguish the real ones 
between like the fake the ones. The real fake. That's and usually like the struggle huh, in high school, yeah, I think. Dude. I just dealt with that too. It's like, yeah. who's really your friend? It really comes down to finding the, the loyal ones, right? And right. did you find any of those or were they? The few people that, you know, have stuck through it with me was like Ivan, for example. He's probably one of the first ones I could think of that I went to school with. Uh, Alan, Coffee. His real name's not Coffee, but that's like his nickname. <laughs> He's uh, Coffee. You know, there, there was a lot of cool people, don't get me wrong. Um, but definitely, I was like in a crowd where it was like, a lot of people and it was kind of like whoa it was it was weird dude yeah so you mentioned to us um you dropped out of high school right yes that's a fucking dumb i'm super proud of it too. i'm fucking proud of you <laughs> dude I, I literally said like if i know what i know now i would have probably you know first day of freshman when my mom drops me off Got off the car and went right back in like take me home <laughs> let's not do this i wish to god like the day I got into high school, someone would have given me a course by like Dan Henry or like Ty Lopez. I would have like probably like I don't want to throw like a figure out there, but I would have been like balling right yeah. now, you know. Like so <laughs> so walk me through this because you don't hear this a lot. I think the only times you hear somebody dropped out of high school is when they're telling their success story on on the company that they built and they're millionaire. Yeah. You know. So what? drove you to drop out of high school what was your mentality before that happened so it wasn't really like the mentality or what drove me to it it was the opportunity okay so you gotta keep in mind i so i was going to maltwood and then uh i couldn't do maltwood anymore because it was eight hours a day and i was like dude like too much this is school. too much hours so <laughs> You're I, like this is too much hours so i was like I was like, dude, like I can't grow a business and then still be at school for eight hours. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna go into like one of those schools for like delinquents. Yeah. And then, but dude, it was like, but you have once to earn I, the, once you have I, to earn that spot. No, dude. Once I got in there, bro, it was like scary. It wasn't scary, but I was just kind of like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? Because <laughs> so, what school did you end up going to? El Paso del Norte High School. Okay. It's right there on. On like George Dieter and Vista del Sol. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like this in Motwood is like Completely different worlds. Like night I was like, day. like, dude, I mean, you got to think about this. Fredler's house is like right across the street from yeah. Motwood. And then right there, it's like your it, Abuelita's house that you don't want to yeah, go to. Yeah. <laughs> it was like something else, dude. Yeah. So that experience, what was that like? You end up going to El Paso del Norte. Dude, I only stayed there for like two months and during those two months i was i had um a graphic design agency and then this is another one of the endeavors that one i we only had like one client dude it was really? terrible yeah but but um, to say you had a client is is something i think no yeah <laughs> no but uh towards the end of that while i was still in el paso del norte that's when i started playing around with uh shopify and I, I, uh, damn, I don't know what's going on. This is yeah, like two years ago, right? Yeah. We're talking about high school. He's this is like 18, two years guys. ago. <laughs> this is two years ago. This is like two I'm, years ago. I'm like thinking like, what year did Shopify start then? But no, this is two years ago. Okay. This is, uh, it's like a year and eight months ago. <laughs> okay. Less it's it's almost, yeah. it's a little less than two years ago. Okay. Um, so I started playing with Shopify. I ran into this guy named Tanner Plains on YouTube. Tanner, now, I know Tanner. I follow him. Yeah, you yeah. follow him. He's so, cool. so dude, I I had like hit him up on Instagram, and then he like told me like, oh, like go check out like these videos, and then I go, I went, and one of his videos, he pulled out his phone. He was like, you guys, I'm 16. I just made. $20,000 in one day from my Shopify store. And I was like, dude, like, what the hell? What am I doing with this graphic design thing? I need to like try this out. At the time, I didn't know that was bad. You can't be doing that. What? Switching like that. From graphic design to? Yeah, so that's called uh, the shiny object syndrome. So oh, at the yeah. time, I had that. <laughs> and then like today, I was like, dude, like that was like kind of stupid, but at the same time, I'm very grateful for it. Because without that, you wouldn't have found what you're right. doing right now. Right, but 
So maybe the shiny object syndrome is It's not good that bad. and bad. Yeah, that's some ADHD. It, it's it's a little in the middle, but uh, mm -hmm. I so I had made this Drake store. Meanwhile, I had my agency with Ivan. And I, I was much of it. I would go walking to the library because I didn't have a computer mm -hmm. and I would work on it like every day for an hour after like after my agency, I'd just go walking, work on it, go walking, work on it like every day for like two weeks. And then I launch it and then like the first day I got like, I want to say like a hundred dollars in sales. And I remember myself just dancing like crazy. <laughs> like I was just like, dude, like this can't be real. What were you selling? Drake hoodies. Hoodies? Yeah, like, like, the, like OVO. the OVO hoodies, but they were like from China. So you were buying them from China for X amount and then flipping them? No, well dude, here's the thing about dropshipping is you never buy it until someone That's buys true. it off you. So, it was on the Chinese website for like $7 and on my website it was at $20. So what I would do is this, when someone bought it on my store, I would buy it on their store and just have that company ship it to the person directly. that bought it off my store directly. And you would just profit? Profit the rest. Well, the other like 13 bucks. Yeah. It was pretty fun. That's cool. Yeah. And then Drake found out. Well, dude, I don't know if it was Drake, but it was... Um, he says it on his song. It was D. Nashid, which is his lawyer. That's like his, the company name, or his name, D. Nashid. I still remember I got the email and I was like, dude, I like... It's Jewish, huh? I don't know. Nashid, yeah. I, I like literally got an anxiety attack and then the next day just like <laughs> closed it. So at what point though, at, like, how big did you get before Dina Shid reached out to you? How, many, how much it, in sales were you doing per day? It, it was doing 8k months. $8,000 months? Yeah. You fucker, you're stealing from Drake? <laughs> so, so oh but it, it was only like 2 months, but it, it did really good. <laughs> No, actually, Dude, that's so bad. Actually, towards, you have like gangster points, right? <laughs> like no lie. Uh, towards the last week that I had it, though, I did scale it to over a thousand a day. What, what I was doing is I would have influencers in the Drake niche post my ad, and at the same time I would run it as a Facebook ad from uh, the advice from this dude that I was telling you about, uh, Rad Greg Have. Okay. The dude who, before he turned sixteen, mm -hmm. had done a million in sales. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So it was pretty awesome. That's fucking insane. So, I mean, why why did they come after you though? Was it just because you were selling a lot, or was because the obviously the branding, right? The branding Dude, behind it. It's because of the marketing, bro. I got they that good marketing, bro. They saw you doing it. Huh? They're like, yeah. this motherfucker's onto something. Yeah, He's selling more than our personal. <laughs> probably. Low you're key. probably you're probably selling more I mean, than the personal. Maybe brand. you know on some days. That's crazy. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. Damn, that's insane. So that was something that really you saw some you saw a definite success in it. But then, yeah. did that kind of scare you from ever doing dropship again, or are you still doing it? Have you ventured off into it again? So actually, I did do it again. I don't know if you remember that company, ELP Coal, the one that it was like a bunch of like El Paso merchandise. Hmm. If you go on Instagram right now at ELP Coal, uh, we had like a brand that it was like literally just. El Paso merch. Hmm. Yeah, and we were like getting models to do it. It was from me different El Paso merchants or no, one we would merch? do. Oh, okay. Well, we were doing print on demand, which is like a whole other business model that's super similar to drop shipping. Which basically is, you buy from the manufacturer when someone else buys, but they print your logo on it. So they do your custom work until the order comes in. Dude. Yeah, and. Uh, I actually did that with Alex, the one that you interviewed, uh, Alex Olivas. Fuel, fit fuel. No, uh, Lavish. Oh, Lavish, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I call him Lavish. I don't even know his real name. Yeah, actually, some people trip out. They're like, who's Alex Olivas? And I'm yeah. like, Lavish. <laughs> Lavish, oh. Yeah, I'm like, dude, yeah. how come you guys don't know his name? <laughs> it's Instagram, bro. I yeah. have people, hey, Carrera Homes. I'm like, <laughs> name's Manny, bro. <laughs> You know, it's like, I think it's your Instagram name, because right. Instagram names, yeah. they go a long way. Yeah. So you guys did that with, with Alex? Yeah, so it was me and Alex, we partnered up, we did it. Uh, we were running, we, we didn't really run Facebook ads too much, we used his page, his pages more. I'm sure you know, he has like all these big yeah. pages. Yeah, Alex episode, I don't remember, 20-something. 
But uh, yeah, he talked to us a lot about the pages that he runs. Yeah. And you know, it's crazy how even him, you know, he's utilizing social media in a different way, yeah. right? Where he's basically using his influence to promote and, and get paid. It's fucking insane. Yeah, dude, he's Bro, social media is just... It's, it's crazy. There's a little meat on the bone for everyone, huh? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. On the table, so many people don't realize it. Like, it, it's insane the amount of money that there is on the table. Uh, like, something that a lot of people don't know is that if you're a marketer like me and you go city hopping, you could probably make a lot more money. Like, by, like, going into those cities that are small mm -hmm. that don't have, like, anyone who's really yes. good at it. And then getting like the clients there, like, I don't know, just like different ideas that I've gotten, like on how you could actually expand on this more. Like there's things that I'm not doing that I know for sure if I did, I would definitely have a lot more market share in the marketing game. And not to make an excuse for yourself, but you're young, you know, you, yeah. you have so much still to learn and you are already ahead of a lot of the 20, 30, 40 year olds <laughs> in the space doing it, you know? I mean, I would say in El Paso, I'm definitely murdering the the Facebook ads, but that's about it. Yeah. Cause you said, you, you mentioned to us, you know, you you haven't just lived here. You're born in Arizona, but you also lived out in California, right? You were out in right. the West Coast. So what I, was that experience like? And who were those? Chris is obviously one of them that you met, right? right. Or Chris, Chris and Blake. And Blake, I'm sorry. And um, you know, so how was that experience like out there on the West Coast meeting those people? Cause I feel obviously, you know, when you look in El Paso and you're, you know El Paso, you realize too that we're a little behind yes. on certain trends, but I I will give El Paso credit. El Paso is definitely coming up and coming quick too. Right. You know. So what are some of those things that you kind of took away from West Coast? What are some of those things that you saw that El that you know the West Coast has that El Paso doesn't yet, and vice versa. Totally different marketing. So here's the thing, dude. I told everyone when I came to visit El Paso in August, that I was gonna leave. Like, almost everyone remembers me saying like, dude, I'm just gonna go to this trip that I have in Cuba. I think I saw it. I yeah. saw when you, when you were when I was doing all that. that, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, dude, I'm gonna take this trip to Cuba and I'm gonna go back to California if you guys wanna meet up. And then, as I'm here, I start realizing like, yo, no one's running good Facebook ads. Like the ads that I was running over there <clears throat> in California, like the style of it, like, no one was doing it here. Mm -hmm. Like, not even, like, those big agencies that are out there right now screwing everyone here in El Paso yeah. are doing it. Like, over there, I was taught, like, this like these systems where it's, like, so different to your approach to actually getting people to come in through the door. Right. You build a relationship virtually. Right. And, dude, it's, like, it's, like, I literally freak out when I hear people, like, in El Paso, the business owners talk about what they're getting, what they're paying for what they're getting. And I literally, I cringe. It breaks your heart. Yeah, dude. It, it really does break my heart. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree, man. I, I think when it comes down to marketing, the marketing space, I think people are literally throwing their money, just like you said, that shotgun approach. They're locking their money in and, <laughs> you know, shooting in every which direction because that's what I do too. Like, yeah. I'm having to do my my own facebook ad but i'm also trying this because i don't want to you know i, I don't want to just put all my eggs in one basket right. but at the same time if you know what you're doing and you know how to really target and, and use that demo to your advantage i think focusing those ads as long as you have good content can really generate that roi right right that's crazy sometimes it's not the content either i will admit sometimes it is the quote-unquote tripwire or bait as mm -hmm. we call it, us marketers, which is like the incentive for you to come in, right? So click that, here and get a free list of yes. homes for sale right. in, in and around El Paso. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that's another thing that's really important. Um, so th there's a lot of things that are really important when it comes to marketing, the incentive, the relationship that you're building. Are they a cold or hot audience? Um, the relationship is super important. Yeah. And uh, the content. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what do you feel are some of the biggest struggles that you see or feel in your industry right now? Like me struggles talking- Struggles or even obstacles. Me talking to marketers or me talking to business owners? 
regardless anything okay. in your industry that you feel right now is one of the biggest you know obstacles or struggles I what? feel like in El Paso the biggest issue that some of the business owners are having here is that they're being sold on having some content made without actually coming up or having like some kind of plan to get the attention to the content to get people to come in that's the biggest problem so do you feel maybe it's the understanding that people aren't understanding that you know what they're doing is kind of half of the job it's not so much yes exactly the job, right? it's half of the job yeah that, that's literally like the perfect way to say it. like agencies are selling business owners half of what they're supposed to get mm. like me for example when i when i sold johnny cash beer garden on some ads i told them hey dude not only are you gonna get this fire ass video but we're also gonna split test all these audiences make sure that of these audiences we you guys have and no one's doing that right so you guys have really worked with a lot of personal um i mean personal local business owners here in el paso right so Somewhat, yes, but most of my experience is still with courses. Oh, really? Right. So uh, when it comes to like the whole courses space, I've sold to, well, not sold to, but I've worked with uh, Jason Capital. I've nice. worked with uh, Thaddeus Strickland. Uh, I think probably the most famous one is Ricky Gutierrez. Okay. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, locally speaking, right now, uh, Foyce Springs, I've worked with them. Uh, Marisco Scuriacan, uh, Johnny Cash Beer Garden, Spirit of 66, uh, Steve-O's Beer Garden, uh, we're about to roll out some ads for The Faded Barber. Nice. Uh, dude, I'm definitely missing like a few. A good amount. You don't have to name all your clients. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's crazy. You guys are kind of dabbling with a lot of yeah. different industries in the, in the game, right? Right. Um, I'm gonna say this and you kind of tell me what comes to your head and what do you feel about this master of none or I'm sorry I fucking I butchered that jack of all traits or master of one do you know dude I love that you say that because and I feel like you strategically chose yeah yeah that. because we mentioned this earlier right right so, so the reason why he's saying that is because I literally on my agency it's like I only run Facebook ads the reason why is because when I was running ads for all these dudes in California, what I saw bring in the most ROI was the Facebook ads. Right. This, but here's the thing, dude. When you're running Facebook ads, you can't just run Facebook ads. It's kind of like, and this is the way I view it, it's kind of like going to get your car fixed and you trying to like fix it on the road when it starts messing up. Like you need to have a mechanic do it, you know? Yeah. And business owners will click on the boost button thinking that's actually the proper yeah. way to advertise yes. and then they're just burning their money mm -hmm. and it's almost like trying to give yourself an oil change when you've never even like looked and put at it. And freeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like some stupid stuff. Yeah. And I mean, not to call the business owner stupid, but mm. they're, they're doing like mistakes that could easily be fixed if they properly hired someone. So when it comes down to your business, you focus on specifically one thing because I feel like in social media, there's so many, there's so many yeah. things that you can focus on and you yourself, I mean, running an ad, there's so many things that you're thinking of and targeting and retargeting and this type of person, yeah, this dude. type of person. So understanding the craft, I think is the most Super important thing, important. right? Not only that, but actually having a good idea of what strategy is going to work. Right. Cause for example, what I do for a dentist, is very different than what I do for a restaurant owner. Right. And what I do for a restaurant owner is very different than what I do for a realtor. Each of them have systems and you have to follow the systems to the T. If not, you don't get results. Right. That's insane. Now I want to kind of backtrack a little bit. We, we talked about, you know, you going into high school, you're young, you know, and I think Dude, I felt old. <laughs> ah, bro, you're young. You're making me feel old. <laughs> but I think it's it's just kind of crazy to me, um, you know, to see that you've had this mentality. But I remember, you know, back when I was in high school, I was a sucker for influence. You know, I feel like going out and, and things like that were, were super easy for me. And it was really hard for me to say no to that. Um, so what I realized now, you know, now that I'm older, a lot more mature, right, is that my circle, I never really analyzed or really took a look at my circle, right? And I realized that a lot of the people that were in my circle, 
back when I was in high school were of no use to me, but I was kind of not self-aware enough to see it. Mm-hmm. So talking about that for you, do you have the same circle as high school that you did you know, back in the day, or has your circle kind of changed and so, have you reevaluated that? As I've been in El Paso, I haven't seen one friend of mine from Motwood in months upon months upon months upon months. And when they do see me, it's because of like, I'm like in public and they mm-hmm. like walk up to me and they're like, dude, how you been? I'm like, dude, I've been good. How about you? Um, I definitely did catch that self-awareness pretty early, as you said. I, I was actually, uh, we were talking about it earlier. I kind of really, really, really like went balls to the wall on it when I was 16 and two months. Now 16, 16 and two months is good, bro. <laughs> so like baby age, five months. He's <laughs> five months. No, so 16, you were fresh, 16 year old, two months in. And I was like at a party one day and you know, it was like a regular house party. Everyone's drinking, doing their thing. And I was like, dude, like I saw like this guy from like UTEP there. No, multiple guys from UTEP. And I was like. And you're 16. And, and I was like, I was like, wait, like, dude, these guys are like 22. And when I'm 22, I want to like have a house already. And I want to be living like, like Ty or like Grant Cardone. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on, dude? Like that day it hit me that at that age, I knew that I wanted to have a very different lifestyle. And I was like, dude, these guys, when they were my age, were still here. So I probably need to get out of here. This isn't, you're following the wrong footsteps. Yeah, so I was like, I was like, okay. And then right after that, what I did is I, uh, and this was probably the hardest part for me, getting rid of my friends. So walk me through that. I think that's one of the hardest things people face, right? So how did you do that? How did you reevaluate? One, you you were self-aware enough to realize this circle or these things that you were doing were not going to lead you in the direction that you wanted to be. Right. They were going to lead you in a direction, but it was not the direction you wanted to go towards. So it really came down to me just realizing that I needed to cut off certain people who did certain things. So what I did, and this is going to sound really bad to some people, if you smoked weed, I deleted your number. Yeah. If you drank and you were like not 21, I deleted your number. If you were partying, I deleted your number. And then at the time, it seemed like I was a hypocrite because when I was 15 and 14, yeah. I was I was making pretty good money off throwing parties. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. This is an entrepreneur. Yeah, dude. How? What were you doing? <laughs> so so I, would, I would strategically have a friend who had a house when their parents were gone. And I would tell them like, hey dude, I'll pay you if you let me throw a party at your house. And then what I would do is this, I would hype it up for a whole week and I, I did this is that. before Facebook ads. This is before Facebook ads. Because <laughs> you would have ran that fucking ad on that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, but no, at the time I didn't realize I was doing influencer marketing at a very strategic way. Because it, so look, my thought process when I was throwing these parties is I'm going to have this post of this party and I'm going to pay my friends with lots of followers to post it and tell their friends to repost it. And what would happen is we get a big chain effect reaction a bunch of viral in your school exactly and what that would happen is it would basically let us make a bunch of revenue because we'd be charging five to ten dollars at the door and this is not your house this is just somebody that you knew you convinced them to well don't get me wrong i did throw some at my house right did your dad know know. oh yeah Yeah. he would get pissed and he would be like no alcohol no, no, you know, whatever yeah, other yeah. stuff. And I, I'd be like, 14 yeah, yeah. Is here. <laughs> Five bucks ahead. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. So you, you, some years in your early, in your yeah, early dude, years. I yeah. mean, dude, when I was in Slider, I was like selling chips to students. Uh, when I got into like, like you didn't sell my, drugs, man. <laughs> sold everything but drugs. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, when I was in eighth grade, I started like, you know, doing these parties. Yeah. Um, in once it, I got into like 
you know, my freshman year, that's when I started trying to actually make like legit like businesses, LLCs. Like mm. I registered my first LLC when I was 16. Was it profitable? No. But you I registered. registered. Hey, but you registered. <laughs> you registered it, bro. <laughs> that's fucking yeah. crazy, man. That's yeah. that's so insane. I think you have you you have a little. You should write a book already, bro. <laughs> Dude, I've actually. What what I want to do is um, when I when I hit like seven figures, I want to talk about like my journey to seven figures. Yeah. And then after that, I want to once I hit eight figures, I want to write a book called uh, My nine, Journey to Eight Figures. Ten figures. Exactly. Eleven figures. That, that's 12, a little far. Figures. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna have a sequel. <laughs> Hopefully, man. No, that's cool, man. God, here's you, my prayers. Yeah, you definitely are making some moves right now, and for you being 18 right now, yeah, like you definitely have the right direction, bro. So, for you to be able to, I mean, just backtracking again, be able to cut your friends out. You know, the people that were drinking and smoking weed and everything. That's cool to see. Cause it takes a lot of balls, I think, and Dude. a lot of people won't do it because I think rep is involved. You know, what are people gonna say? But for you to do what you did, you must have really not cared what people thought. People, I feel like some people kind of already knew. Like it was kind of like they're like, I'm about to get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> like people were just like, dude, like his ears really getting into like this whole like entrepreneurship shit yeah and then like, so what, I, what were your friends saying what were your ex-friends saying so i had some friends who supported me they were like yeah easier you know you're gonna kill it yada 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 but i had friends who didn't understand business mm -hmm. and assumed that because i had a business it's i was instantly gonna be like a millionaire or something yeah uh so like people would like tease me because i'd be like in the startup phase be like Oh, dude, you suck at business. You're not like a millionaire yet. And I was like, dude, what the fuck? Some people like, like are in business, and they they don't even make money. They didn't even like make a million until you know their tenth year. Yeah. Some people like literally have a good business, making like oh, bro, they don't they don't start, they don't the they don't get out of the red until their first year. You know? Yeah, dude. So that for you to run a business with no overhead and become. You know, yeah. become successful or become. No, dude. But in freshman year, it was like, dude, like I was trying to do stupid things, like yeah. not stupid things, but like me thinking right now is being very unrealistic. Because mm -hmm. trying to release an app, you gotta have like 10k. Yeah. Trying to release like softwares, you gotta have a good coding team. But these were all things that, because you were so quick and like you said, the what was it, the what syndrome, the shiny object syndrome, the, the shiny object syndrome. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's a really good syndrome. Even though there is negativity to it, because obviously Absolutely. you're gonna fail a lot. But I think you know when you look at that failure, it's really about perspective, and and you really I think shortened the amount of that learning curve by you trying so many things to really hit the nose on what you liked. Right. If you took that slower approach, you would have been 25 years old before you realized you love Facebook ads. Or whatever is hot when you're 25. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people, I'm telling you out of experience, a lot of people like myself, I was scared to hit those those nails on the head, and I was scared to try things. Even though I did, I did do a lot of entrepreneurial things. I did do network marketing when I was 17, 16 years old, and I started, you know, different things like that. I was always fearful of what people were gonna think one and failure, and I think my perception of failure has changed 100% now oh, because yeah, bro if you're not failing like I get excited when you're telling me all this shit that didn't make sense or didn't work I'm like bro LLC that's so bad you know <laughs> because I see that for you to create that LLC was just one thing that you thought you know you you thought it was gonna lead somewhere but then you realize yeah and you learn yeah. you need a lot more than just a fucking LLC in the name Dude, to make a business so much more you need a marketing plan a really good right. product you need to have people who love your product yeah. need to be able to share your enthusiasm for that stuff. Creating a brand and a, pers a personal brand nowadays, a successful business, a successful, a successful brand, there's more components than just good content. There's more components than just posting 10 times a day, right? It, it comes down to, like you mentioned, creating that relationship with those people. And hopefully that's what this does for you because you know people I know maybe don't know your full story. And I'm right. fucking sitting here like, 
I'm shocked, bro. I didn't know yeah. this. Like, you have a really cool story, and I think I'm super excited. You know, for the next three, five years to see where you are, because this this is for sure a a, a recap podcast. Also, see where you are, bro. Yeah. Like, that's that's super exciting, man. Um, what do you feel is the biggest lesson that you've had to learn on your own taking on this industry, taking on this business? I think something that I learned recently, but I still consider a really big lesson. I learned it from a buddy of mine named uh, Henry Hustles. Mm -hmm. It's about the value. And like, originally I just had like this thought where like, dude, these Facebook guys are awesome. I'm selling. But like, now it's like, how much value does this have? And I realized that it has so much value and you're able to like, if you have the proper strategy, you could make Facebook ads worth like 20,000 a month. Yeah. Like for, no dude, like, I mean, going back to like the whole Ricky thing, right? We put... Ricky Gutierrez, right? Yeah. I, okay, I'm, I'm not allowed to like say exact figures, but let's put it like this. We put $6 in, $20 out. Multiply that or divide yeah. that. Multiply or divide that. That's, good. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So that ROI is there. I mean, oh, that dude. is fucking. Dude, we're right now, uh, we're getting $4.10 leads for dentist. Uh, for a personal trainer, we're getting leads at like $1.20. We've been able to consistently take a restaurant and get them at least a 10% increase in revenue within three months. Wow. So, I mean, like, dude, this stuff is working. This, then, this shit, like, is, like, what you're saying is literally what businesses had to hire outside companies to come in and do. Right. You know, 10% increase on month over month and things like that is Yeah, dude. Insane. And, like, the, uh, one issue that I'm having right now is that I'm having a hard time really explaining it to them or, like, selling it to them because I'm, I'm not a good salesperson. I'm really good at running fucking Facebook ads. I think, bro, I think from what you explained to me, I 100% understand it, you know? Right. And I think if you just literally came up with a, a easy one, a three-step video on how ads work right. and pitched that and promoted that, like you said, to businesses and things like that. So right now it's working as a case study. Just showing like, oh, dude, this is the results we got for this person. This is the results we got for this person. Don't do this. But, but before that, it's building a relationship. Yeah. That's fucking dope, bro. I'm fucking excited for this. I might even quit real estate, do this shit too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love real estate. I love real estate. But I see also how you can definitely help me. And obviously we've talked, um, we're definitely gonna get with you and get that ball rolling on that. Cause I feel like, you know, with this podcast even, I really wanna take it to that next level. One of my goals, and you were mentioning it, but one of my goals is to have my own whiskey really? this year. So that's something that I would definitely want to take you know, to drop shipping to to that Print on demand, to that e-commerce space and really utilize that because I I'm fucking mind blown. I right. every time I hear about this, even though I understand it already, it's like I want to really wrap my head around it because growing up, I grew up and I remember my first cell phone. I remember in eighth grade, I had the fucking you know the Nokia with Snake, and I was <laughs> the only kid that had a cell phone. Yeah, and I so I remember seeing. The technology space and how it advanced it got and i remember my sophomore year or junior year that's when texting became a thing texting wasn't always a thing bro texting used to be really hard you had to text you had to push the five button seven times yeah I remember to get how the old e. i am dude this is yeah like, i know bro i know but i saw this you know and to see now where it's coming it's like holy shit like mm -hmm. i'm witnessing this stuff happening and i'm i'm mind blown right now yeah, dude. so yazir what's next What's next for you? What's next for me is basically going into every single industry in El Paso and finding one of those businesses doing marketing for one of them. Into every single industry. Right. So Talking Nell Techs. Yeah, dude, everything. The, but the reason why I won't do it for two, right, is because my results will get diluted. So think about it like this. If I run ads for Steve-O's Beer Garden and then I run ads for another burger place, those two ads running 
with against the same ad spend. They're going to yeah. be running against each other. It's conflict of interest. And almost. no, well, not even conflict of interest. It reduces the ROI. Hmm. So like in El Paso, you're competing against yourself. Exactly. Right. So like for example, in El Paso, I'm only going to work with two realtors in my whole career. One in the west side and one in the east side. After that, I'm not getting any other realtors. Uh, for example, burger places. I'm only going to yeah. work with one place on the east side, one place on the west side. Same thing with dentists, all of these other industries. And once I completely pack all that out, then I'm probably going to go back to California or Toronto. I want to go to Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, bro? Yeah. You're 18. Fuck it. <laughs> go a couple more places. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's that's awesome. And I think that goes back to you know the master of one jack of all trades. You're really right. focusing on that one niche for each industry. So you can take that person and, and make them the superior leader of that industry. Right? Yeah. That's cool, man. No, like, it's crazy. Though. There's agencies that they only focus on Facebook ads, and those Facebook ads, they only focus on it for restaurants. I actually own one of those. So I own a general agency, and I own an agency that just focuses on straight restaurants, only restaurants. It's, like, crazy. There's actually agencies that, like, they only, like, run ads for, like, one type of person using one type of, like, Avenue, really? Yeah, it's super. It, it, but it there's multiple, deep. right? It's fucking. It, it's deep, bro. Like, stellar type shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool, man. Yo, you have a dope story, and you're barely fucking eighteen. I'm excited for you, bro. I'm really deep. pumped for you. Where can our viewers um, check you out? What What is your social so, media handles? So the main spot where I would want you guys to check me out is Instagram, my, and then B I Z. The word with and then Yazir, Y-A-Z-I-R. Biz with Yazir, make sure you guys check them out. And for you business owners too that are looking to take your business to the next level, if you aren't doing social media right now or you aren't in the ad space, me personally, I definitely recommend you guys doing it, but don't take it from me, take it from Yazir. This guy is literally a legend when it comes to that. So if you are thinking about taking your business to the next level, Hit up Yazir at Instagram or phone number, can they call you? Yeah, dude, 915-228-5719. Uh, Text me first. <laughs> Text him first, he might be doing some shit. Yeah. No, I mean, dude, it's horrible to get a yeah. call while you're in a meeting with a Oh, of course, owner. of course. I hate sending the uh, auto reply, like, sorry, I'll call you right back. Yeah. I send that like 30 times a day for sure. Um, so I like to end every podcast off with uh, talking a little bit about El Paso, obviously I love El Paso, a realtor, mm -hmm. and for me to be able to see El Paso grow uh, just in the last two years, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how big we're getting, but I definitely think El Paso has taken a different approach or mentality towards local. There's a lot of local things, you know, restaurants and business owners taking their, um, their business to that next level. So what are some of your favorite places here in El Paso, one to, to eat and another to hang out? So, dude, I would normally ask the third question, which is, where do you like to go out? But you're underage, so we're just gonna assume you don't go out. Okay, so it's gonna sound kind of bad because I'm gonna like plug in some of my clients. Yeah. But um, I definitely love eating at Marisco's Curiaca. Yeah. I love the towers. Like, even if I didn't have them as a client, if I didn't know the owner, Nothing at all. I would be buying those towers like crazy. Yeah. Um, Describe these towers too, because if you follow so, them on Instagram, you'll see. That I saw one so today. It was dude, like it was so basically, they have like this giant cylinder of seafood that they sell you for like twenty bucks, and it <laughs> it's amazing. Really? Yeah. That's bomb. Um, so favorite place to eat mariscos? Culiacan. Culiacan. Yeah. Okay. Cuyaca. And that is located, you guys are about to open up the second location, right? Right. So it's going to be, the second location is 1441 uh, North Saragossa. And then their first location is 1011-3 North Loop Drive. Why do I remember this? When you run Facebook ads, if you want it to be within the five mile radius of that business, that way they don't get it in all of El Paso, you have to input their exact address. A lot of business owners fuck up by just putting all of El Paso, they're not getting the locals. So they're trying to get people on the west side to go to yeah. the east side. And what I do is I'll literally input your exact address and I'll make it where the ad is only seen by people within, let's just say, five miles of your business. Yeah. That way you're not spending your money. And that's another reason why I hate TV ads. It's all of El Paso. Mm -hmm. It's not within the yeah. five mile radius. If I'm hungry, I'm gonna go what's close and good. Yeah, you know? exactly. I'm gonna drive 
Unless it's on the food channel or something. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna take the trip. Cool, man. So, favorite place to eat and favorite place to hang out? You can't say the same Dude, place. I <laughs> normally hang out at Starbucks. Uh, really? I'll, I'll probably. That's an entrepreneur hub. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that's where everyone. You go to Starbucks here in El Paso and you hear this person selling this one, this this person selling this. This dude's training Forex. Forex, <laughs> <laughs> this guy selling real estate. Yeah, dude. No, I, I really like Starbucks just because it's a cool place to have your meetings. I get to have my matcha, sit down, really come up with some marketing ideas with my clients. It, it's a good spot for me. Yeah. Starbucks is cool, man. That's actually where I. Uh, Got my real estate license when I studied yeah. for my real estate courses. That stuff takes like this course here in Texas takes about people on average four to six months to finish. Wow! I knocked it out in a month. Holy thanks crap. to Starbucks. So thank you Starbucks for <laughs> espresso shots. Oh. You, you helped me. <laughs> but yeah, man, uh, super caffeine dub to fix it up. So Starbucks, any particular one location-wise, airway. You're Montwood. probably always gonna catch me at either the one on. Next to Fred Loya's headquarters okay. or the one right next to Montwood High School. Montwood High School. Yeah, that's where I saw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Cool, man. Well, again, thank you, Yazir, bro. Thanks for being on, sharing your story. Appreciate you and really hope that this story resonates with a lot of people. Hopefully, we'll be doing some Facebook ads yeah, on, this, on this podcast. No, we, we are. Some... We are. Just watch. Yeah, we will. <laughs> um, but... Really excited for people to have to listen to your story next Wednesday and hopefully, okay, cool. you know, some people out there can definitely get some, you know, positive or some, some little golden nuggets from here. Mm -hmm. Really quick, last question for you. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I don't forget to ask this, but because you're a young entrepreneur, what advice do you have for other young entrepreneurs wanting to do their own thing? But haven't taken I definitely wish I would have bought in a course a lot faster. I know it's like kind of like, oh fuck, it feels kind of weird buying a course from this guy. But dude, if I would have bought, say, Dan Henry's agency course or like one of these, you know, like Guru's, Guru's courses, uh, I would definitely just be so much more farther if I would have done that when I was like 15. Uh, so if you don't know how to do it, if you're not really good at it, buy a course. There's courses on how to sell houses. There's courses on how to flip cars. There's courses on how to trade stocks. There's courses on everything. But if you are gonna buy a course, make sure that you stick to that thing, because if not, you're never gonna get good at it. You need to stick to something. Unless you realize it totally sucks, then you do the shiny objects and go somewhere else. <laughs> then you do that. But yo, good advice. And you know, for those of you guys watching, make sure you guys follow Yazir. If you guys need any help, with your ads or Facebook marketing, definitely Not reach even out to Just marketing. I will just help marketing. you with your marketing. Marketing, up. period. Yeah. Really appreciate you guys joining in and make sure you guys tune in every single Wednesday where we have entrepreneurs, influencers, movers, and shakers just like Yazir. Thanks again, bro. Did appreciate you. See you guys soon. Thank you for listening to Whiskey Wednesdays. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, like, and comment. And you can see more on YouTube, Instagram, and Apple Podcasts.